you are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 205 and 206 of engaging the oral tradition, walking through the Bible, talking about it, pretty much chapter by chapter, verse by verse, to be honest here. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, we're... We're talking about it, and uh, here we go. Yeah. We're going to finish another book today. We are. That's great, man. Finishing a book, nothing could be better. The end. Cool. All right. Our Old Testament reading for today is Hosea chapter 10 through chapter 14. Oh, sweet Hosea, you started off as this confusing lesson Oh, yeah. Marrying mm-hmm. uh, the adulterous woman and pursuing like confusing. her. It felt pretty clear to me. It was clear, <laughs> but it was pretty tough. And then uh, then after we got through that, it's just continued prophecy, kind of a loving prophecy. It's harsh, but it's loving. Like, please, Israel, mm-hmm. please, Israel, repent. Please, Israel, repent. Here's what you're like. Here's what you're like. Yeah. Here's what you're like. And then this is kind of how we finish it with a nice turn to what will happen if you just repent and come Mm -hmm. back to the Lord. But that's kind of the outline, so let's Mm -hmm. just kind of get into it in chapter 10. Yeah, so the theme that keeps getting hit is in your prosperity. Yeah. You just keep sinning more. Luxury, like you're a luxuriant uh, vine. Vine. Yeah, and it does go straight up against what we think. We Mm -hmm. think the answers to all of our problems is just give us more stuff and we'll feel better. And God is like, I've given you so much. I've poured out abundance. I've made you a strong and powerful nation. And now you're kind of and a wobbly as your nation. fruit increased, your altars increased. Right. The more you got, the more you worshipped created stuff. Mm-hmm. And so more stuff is not the answer to your problem today. Right. Or the money or whatever. It is you need a heavy dose of repentance and faith and absolution and freedom. It's, yeah. And he keeps circling back to the... The calves yeah. of uh, Dan and um, Bethel, or as he Jose is referring to Bethel as Beth Avon, the house of wickedness. And even in chapter ten, he's like, "Yeah, you love this calf, but you're gonna follow it into captivity because it's gonna be." He literally says it's going to be carried away to Assyria, right. as a tribute to the great king. The Assyrians are gonna <laughs> like, take away your golden calf. Yeah, it's not even. Like a right. metaphor. And it's just, g- no, this is and <laughs> you're gonna literally be, what's going to happen. You're going to be more torn up about that mm-hmm. than the God of the universe leaving your presence. Yes. Um, and then he kind of says, uh, Samaria's kings will perish in the high places of Avon. The sin of Israel shall be destroyed, which is a reference to Josiah, who oh, after, yeah. after Israel's taken by Assyria, Josiah then goes back into the land and breaks and down, breaks all, the down all the high places. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I just went out of my head what I was going to say next, but that's okay. Hosea, then I think the verse 13 in chapter 10 is pretty great. Uh, essentially, it says, you've reaped bad stuff because, I mean, straight up, it just says in the Old Testament, because you have trusted in your own way. Yes. You trusted in the multitude of your warriors Therefore, like you just trust in your own wealth and your own security, and that's not how you were created to live. And I feel like this is absolutely our struggle today. Mm -hmm. It's the same as Israel. And the more we have, you know, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God because Mm -hmm. the more you have, the more you're trusting in yourself. 
And God just wants to do this thing with you. He wants mm-hmm. you to trust him so he can provide for you so that you can be about the business of living life and be a priest and connecting God to everything and all the beauty and all the provision and all the creativity. And that's the thing that God and Hosea is saying, look, he uses their past. Like, yeah, he, realize God was there. He walked you out of Egypt. He called you out of there. Right. He taught you how to walk. He healed you. He surrounded you with love, and yet you continually fought against him. You continually made pacts with other nations, with other things. And I love, he says in verse 8 of chapter ten or 11, How can I give you up, O Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O oh. Israel? How can I make you like Adma? And how can I treat you like Zeboim? Which are two cities that were destroyed during when Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed. Right. There is, uh, yeah, 8 through 11, it's the anthropomorphic language where God's, Mm. Hosea writes it as God saying, I have loved you. Mm -hmm. And this is like this emphasis on the fatherly love of God and this tenderness. Uh, Real quick though, going back in chapter 10, he says, sow for yourself righteousness, reap steadfast love, break up your fallow ground for Mm -hmm. it is time to seek the Lord that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. And then he highlights it with, you've plowed iniquity, you've reaped injustice, like you've done all the opposite. Yes. And I just see a little messianic like line, like Jesus is going to come and sow for all of us righteousness, reap mm-hmm. steadfast love, break the fallow ground of our heart, right? And, it, and then we're going to be the people who seek the Lord so that he might reign righteousness. And again, reign, I mean, they use the idea of reign, R-A-I-N. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always the promise that's being held out, you know, like... Come on, and that promise is going to come in Jesus. But then in 11, Hosea goes back to, let's remember the past and the present so we can look forward to the future. God wants to be intimate. Like The idea is feeding his animal by hand mm-hmm. and providing for every need. Yes. And, um, and that's that tender love. And he doesn't want to destroy everything, but the whole thing's a mess. It's have you, you've had to put an animal down, like a pet? Mm-hmm. Have you ever had to put it down? Yep. Because you come to a point where you realize our beloved, like we had Bambi the pug, yeah. she was suffering more. Like mm-hmm. her body, the, the cancerous thing had come on her face and all mm-hmm. that. We're paying all this money and we drug it out for five months, but it comes to a point where like, she's miserable. Mm-hmm. And the vet, we go to the vet, the vet's like, yeah, she's really, you're just, you can keep pouring money into this. But you've said, eventually you have to make a decision yeah. because she's not happy. And, and that, that's what I feel like chapter 11 is. God is saying, because he's the God of justice and mercy, he's perfect. Yeah. But he is saying, you guys have made such a mess of this. You're, only, you're not even finding life in it. Like You're not mm-hmm. happy with mm-hmm. the money and the gods. And you're actually miserable destroying one another. And so uh, I'm going to have to reset this thing. Yeah, and he does say, like, he's going to do this, but it's not out of burning anger or wrath. It's actually out of love. And that's what, you know, that was the only example I had. Sometimes we have to make a choice to kill something Mm -hmm. or someone or, you know, some, our animals. And it is from mercy. Mm -hmm. And so that just starts to open our minds to, you know, God's not like, oh, I'm going to wipe you all off. He's been very gracious. He's Mm -hmm. had hundreds of years of sending the prophets. And then there is a point where he's like, this is best for you. Mm -hmm. And so there's this great line at the end of that section about the roar of the lion marking Mm -hmm. his territory. God will roar. And again, the prophet is holding out. There will be a return and a rule Mm -hmm. of the world. Like this thing is 
I'm not going to end it completely, but it's going to look a lot different. Well, yeah, and just like Amos, he always kind of says, like, there's going to be a remnant, but yeah. it's always very clearly from Judah and not from Israel. I know. It's like, Israel, you're gone. <laughs> yeah, he says, Ephraim has surrounded me with lies and the house of Israel with deceit, but Judah wa- still walks with God and is faithful to the Holy One. And, th- and then he gets into, I think it's fitting too, because it's going to kind of go with Romans reading today. Mm-hmm. In chapter 12 through uh, 14 of Hosea, there's an indictment against Israel and Judah, but he's starting to bring up the language and the stories of Jacob. Mm-hmm. Now, if you remember Jacob and Esau, Jacob's the younger. He gets the blessing, but he's holding on to the heel of Esau from the yeah. beginning. And so it's like Hosea is saying, look, there's been Israel and Judah mm-hmm. the whole time, but look at Jacob. He held fast. He went down and he loved Rachel and he worked for her seven years, mm-hmm. even though he was swindled. Like, come on, house of Judah, hold on. Yeah. Because the rest of you are going to be like Esau. And, uh, but if you can remember and come back, great. But Esau forsake his birthright. Yeah, he didn't he care. He sold it. He wanted food right now. Mm-hmm. He wanted his thing right now. Ah, that's always been the heart of the people. And that's always the heart, especially of Israel and Judah. But Jacob kind of wrestled mm-hmm. with this demonic force mm-hmm. to, for the now and trusted the Lord. And he was known as a liar and a deceiver and all that. But the Lord formed him. And that's where God's grace is like, hey, Judah, hey, Adam and Matt. I will work with you. I don't expect you to be perfect. Yeah. But you got to submit yeah, and recognize I have more than mm-hmm. what you can get right now. And that's always the struggle. And um, so remember that love, like Jacob's love for Rachel, his love for Gomer, mm-hmm. that his being Hosea, and then God's love for us is like that. So follow Jacob kind of in love, yes. um, who strove with God. And, so, and then it made me think like a lot of our struggles, are they born of faith or unbelief? Are we struggling against sin, death, the flesh, the devil, or are we just struggling because we don't believe God will provide and we're doing we're struggling on our own? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's a struggle with faith to believe and trust the Lord, and there's a struggle just to get everything done. So anyway, chapter 13 goes on, and I just like the line of, you guys are becoming like the morning mists. Yeah, I like the line right before it. What does it say? Uh is said of them, those who offer human sacrifice kiss calves. Yeah. And again, the idea is they would offer their like child sacrifices yes. in front of the golden calves. And the idea, though, even underneath that, is you value your golden animal images more than human life. Like, yeah. that's how far gone you guys are. Right. And then, like my, the verse I like right after it, mm-hmm. it goes, you shall be like a morning mist, dew that goes away, chaff that swirls from the threshing floor, or like smoke from a window. And I just think that's appropriate for today because everybody is so concerned their life doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And God's like, yeah, without me, it it's doesn't. like, it actually, it's, yeah. it's smoke from a window. Yes. What do you think? Like, you guys, you're not God. Mm-hmm. And you're judging God and all these things, and so you never come to Him. Well, guess what? You, your biggest fear is what's happening. You live this life. You weren't that happy. You tried to scrape together some happiness, but you died in pain and death because death caught you. Mm-hmm. Taxes caught you. All the laws caught you, and you died. And no one remembers or cares, and you have a few family members do it. Sounds so bleak and harsh, but sometimes we need to hear the harsh reality apart from the living God. Yeah. And God says, you go the way of your God. Don't forget that, people. I'm looking right at you. Mm-hmm. You go the way of your God. So whatever you worship, if that God is 
Money, money runs out. If that God is health or good looking good, that runs out. That's why we worship the God of the living, not the dead. And so we matter and we live on forever because we worship a God who never dies and is over all things. That's the only way you're going to matter, folks. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, and then he, in chapter 13, he very clearly makes it out to be like, well, one of your gods is your king. You've always wanted a king like right. all the other nations. And so I gave you a king. And where's your king now? Right. How's your king going to save you? Look to your king. What's he going to do for you? He hmm? broke He broke hmm? the covenant and started worshiping other gods immediately. What? And then, again, it's also like, you know the history. Like, we've read the history of the Israelite kings. Most of them died in, con- like, there were constant coups happening throughout the history of the northern tribe, or the northern kingdom of Israel. Coup d'etat. Yeah, it was just constantly happening. Do you think coup d'etat it- is a good band name? Sure. I like it. All okay. right. No, exactly. It found them out. Yeah. Their God killed them. Mm-hmm. Their God was for power, and there were people behind them with mm-hmm. that. So just remember, what you worship... However, uh, whatever you worship, how, however it comes to an end is how you come to an end. And but then, there is. Then he says... In chapter 14, is that where or, you're going? No, uh, oh. verse 14, chapter 13. Okay. Uh, Shall I ransom them from the power of Sheol? Shall I redeem them from mm-hmm. death? O death, where are your plagues? O Sheol, where is your sting? Compassion is hidden from my eyes. And this, this idea of the, the question of, should I save them from death? And the undercurrent of promise that someone will show up that will save us from death. Well, you know where that's semi-quoted. 1 Corinthians mm-hmm. uh, chapter 15. It's the resurrection chapter. Yes. And Paul says, oh, death, where is thy sting? Where mm-hmm. is thy victory? And then he thinks that Jesus Christ has overcome this. Like the compassion of God mm-hmm. shows up, but uh, in the face of Jesus Christ. But it's uh, at this point in time, he's like, compassion is hidden from my eyes. Yes. Because we got to put you down. Mm-hmm. Well, 14 then 14. has the plea yes. to return to the Lord. And he even gives like an example prayer, I think. He's like, pray this, you guys. Just pray it, please. And he's like, uh, he's like, for you have stumbled, take with you words and return to the Lord. Say to him, for example, take away all iniquity, accept what is good. And we will pay with bulls the vows of our lips. So in other words, hear our hearts and we'll do what you've told us to do. Mm-hmm. A serial shall, and then, and then, confess, confess, Assyria, say it out loud. Assyria will not save us. We will not ride on horses. Right, say it. We will say no more our God to work of our hands in you. And here's the real, here's the real prayer. In you, the orphan finds mercy. Mm. I mean, pray that. Like, honestly, I've prayed that. Like, Lord, I feel like an orphan. I'm acting like an orphan, scrapping things on my own. I find mercy in you, and I receive the spirit of adoption, whereby I cry out, Abba, Father. Uh, Also in this prayer, what I see reflected is the covenant that Solomon made when he dedicated Mm -hmm. the temple, and he prays to God and asks, he's like, Lord, when we fall away from you, because I know we will, if we turn to you and confess our sins to you, will you turn back to us and heal us and heal our land? And God says, yes, I will. And so in chapter 14, it's God reaffirming, like, look, if you say, if you confess these things, I will heal your apostasy. I will love you freely. I will comfort you in the shadow of my Mm -hmm. wings, like all this great stuff. But there's always, so that's the thing. There's always a chance for redemption with Mm -hmm. God, always. He's steadfast in his love. 
Yes. And and then recognize he's given you every good thing. Mm-hmm. And he says, it is I who answer you when you, and look after you. The ways of the Lord are right. So the verdict is clear. We've sinned and we will continue to sin against the Lord. But we know, looking back on this book, we get to say, thank you, Jesus. You've borne our sentence of exile for us. Mm-hmm. And now the shade of his cross heals all of our uh, idolatry and nice. apostasy. I know. That's good. That was a good one. And I read it somewhere. I didn't make that up. That's okay. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Hosea. We appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, your word has been noted. <laughs> and we'll consider whether to take down our high places or not. <laughs> Blues continue. <laughs> Where are we today in the New Testament, Matt? Our New Testament reading for today is Romans chapter 8, verse 18 through chapter 9, verse 21. Again, chapter 8, if, uh, if there's a passage you want to memorize, I highly recommend, in fact, I even wrote it down, I even have a card here, just to put it in my mind again, Romans 8, 31 through 39, mm-hmm. that's the whole, what then shall we say to these things, if mm-hmm. God is for us, who can be against us, and about, but we got to get there first, because there's a bunch of great stuff even before that mm-hmm. passage of amazing assurance, and in the middle of... Uh, Chapter 8, I guess the setup for me here is chapter 8 then goes to future glory. So he's done just, Paul has made in the first several chapters, Mm -hmm. like four or five, justification. Yes. And this is the main thing, I think, um, one of the main things you have to get from Paul is that justification and sanctification are two different things. We have a tendency to take sanctification, which is becoming holy, Mm -hmm. the work of the Spirit in you, life by the Spirit, um, subduing the 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 old flesh and living, like the daily living and slowly becoming. There you go. We have a tendency to look to sanctification to feel safe, to feel saved. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. this is where we get into legalism and and this is where doctrine matters. So like if... If you, and I've lived like this before, are looking to your own behavior and looking to your commitment to Christ and the work of spirit in your life to feel safe, you will never, you will feel bad. Yeah, you'll always be disappointed. Because you're not saved in Mm -hmm. sanctification. You're Mm -hmm. saved in justification. And that's when he's like, the old Adam, you were dead in your trespasses Mm -hmm. and your sin, that we're all, um, it was a gift that we received from God and his mercy. So that's like what what Paul does in 4 and 5 Mm -hmm. especially. Now in 8, he's been talking about the Holy Spirit and sanctification. Yeah, now that the gift's been received, right. this is how we start to begin to enjoy it. This is how you live now mm-hmm. under being saved. Mm-hmm. And he talks about life by the Spirit and the struggle. Mm-hmm. So the things I don't do, I do. Like That's yes. a struggle, but you are saved. Yes. So it's not a question of salvation. And you have yes. to have this. Otherwise, your life is going to be... Yeah. Christianity becomes way harder than it has to be. Mm-hmm. Now Paul gets to glorification. So we have... The, the past activity of justification. You are saved. You've yes. been baptized. You're in Christ. Done. Yeah. Now you're working it out with the Spirit right now because Current. you're in between. Mm-hmm. You're sinner and saint. You're part heaven, part earth. There is a day when it's all going to be right. perfect. And Paul wants you to know that because that is where you gain all the momentum for hope. Yes. And so he starts off like, I consider that the sufferings of the present time are not worth comparing with what is to be revealed mm-hmm. to us. And so what he drops here is an excellent idea about the third character of the whole story. Mm-hmm. The earth is, in fact, groaning 
and waiting for the adoption of sons and daughters, waiting for us to get our perfect bodies. Yes. Yeah. So then he says, look, in this now, so now we're going to our future hope. Um, you have the first fruits, but we are waiting for two things. We're waiting to, for the adoption to finally go through, mm-hmm. where we lose this body of death, and we get a new body in perfection. And the earth is waiting for this. Correct. And then this, uh, so this is a, the idea is patience and hope. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, so then he, so he sets that up for us, right? Yeah. But in the meantime, he lists, you can go through all the lists of what the spirit helps us with. I mean, straight up, he's like, but here's what the, here's what we have now. Um, so he basically says, for in this hope, we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. Mm-hmm. So he talks about that. We wait with it patient with patience. But here's how we suffer. Right. We're waiting because we know things aren't right, and then, and we're still struggling. Like he mentioned earlier, right. the struggle's still going on. But don't worry. Like the Spirit is going to help you in that struggle. Yes. It's going to teach you how to pray. It's going to intercede for you in your words, and it will it will uh, translate the groanings of your innermost spirit to yeah. God oh, for so you like it will be a constant guide mentor teacher to you for the rest of your life when the spirit helps us he intercedes for mm-hmm. us he searches our hearts he knows the mind of God and that's that groaning like when you mm-hmm. don't know what to pray you're like oh God things aren't right and mm-hmm. I feel they aren't right in myself they aren't right around me they aren't right in the church right that is where you're going to be because that is actually the most real thing you can think mm-hmm. you're right it's by the grace of God, and so you're calling out to him, but the Spirit has come to guide us, to counsel us, to advocate for us, like all these great things, and the Spirit is the first fruit. And that's where I think um, you get to this uh, beautiful passage about uh, we know that all things work for good. Yes. So I, here's what I think. He's setting up. You have the promise today that if you are in Christ, look, all things are working together for good mm-hmm. for those who love God. That's his little phrase. Yes. So the law can sneak in and go, do I love God? Mm-hmm. And he's already answered that. Do you want to know God? Yes. Do you want to be with Jesus, Matt? Yes. Great. That's like, yes. do you like Jesus? Yes. Yeah, I love him. Mm-hmm. Do you sometimes betray him and ignore him? Almost yeah. definitely. Yeah. Almost every day. I see it happen before my eyes. <laughs> um, but you're forgiven. That's the relationship. Yeah. So now he's saying, you just got to want it and open mm-hmm. it. Like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I need that. And he will never leave you nor forsake you. And so Paul then goes into the most beautiful ideas of assurance. Mm -hmm. See, this is the absolution that we have. Do you love God? Do you want to be forgiven? I do. You are forgiven. Mm -hmm. And here's the assurance of it. He says, um, there's this like this order for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Yes. So that's why I was doing justification, sanctification, glorification. Yes. And it's good to understand those. And we'll come back to, we'll get into the predestination stuff with chapter 9. But we just have to get into the nature of God's everlasting love and the assurance that you have. Because the, the passage I, I suggest everybody memorizing is 31 through the end where it's if God's for you who can be against you mm-hmm. he gave his own son how much more will he not graciously give us all things who can bring any charge against God's elect right and we'll get into that but because Jesus of, because is, of Christ right. there's no 
condemnation on us anymore. Jesus is God's elect. Mm -hmm. We are in Jesus, so now we are God's elect. It is God who justifies. Who is it to condemn? Christ Jesus, the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. There's so many promises of assurance in this passage. Who shall separate us? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. I mean, think about it. He's doing everything past, present, and future. Right. Who's going to separate you from Christ? Poverty? Rejection? Lose the job? Lose the relationships? Lose these things? Is that going to separate you from the love of God? No. No. And again, he's hitting the point of suffering. When you're with God, suffering is temporary and life is eternal. Yeah. When you're apart from God, life is temporary and suffering will be eternal. That's good, man. Say that again. Can you even remember what you said? (laughs) I think I was in the spirit. It was so good. Um, When you are with God, suffering is temporary, but life is eternal. When you are apart from God, life is temporary and suffering is eternal. Wow. Don't forget that. That was like minute 24 or something <laughs> in this episode. You, you want to go back to minute 24 and listen to that. That's so good. And that's why he says we are more than conquerors. Because mm-hmm. it's just like when I work out, like I do these classes to get right. the cardio up and you got to do 40 seconds of something as fast as you can. Then you get a break. And I can do anything for 40 seconds. And that's how we have to think about this mm-hmm. life because the love of God is not a question. The question is, do you love him? Can you hang on? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I can because he's so good. But I can do anything for a short amount of time right. knowing the glory that's to come. And that's why he says we're more than conquerors and nothing on earth or in heaven, angels or rulers or present or things mm-hmm. to come, nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's so assuring. Mm-hmm. You need to hear that. I need to hear that daily. That's why I, I rewrote this no, passage. I like it too because it's, again, it's saying nothing outside of you can take you away from God. Yeah. Now you can walk from God. You can decide, I'm out. Well, that, that's the but, logical thing that we fight with. We think, oh, I'm in. So we think elect means, I'm in. There's nothing in. you can do about it. Like, yeah. like we've been elected president or something. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I'm in. Well, you can be impeached and you can choose to leave the and office. You can, yeah. And so not to add fear or anything, but based on our Old Testament readings the special elect children of God can choose to say, no thanks, I would like yeah, to worship something else. I have just read how Israel has very confidently said, no thanks, God. God will never leave you nor forsake you. Yeah. But if you leave him, he, we hope he doesn't honor that, but we also know we're free. Mm-hmm. So if, he's, if we're free, there is any real freedom here, mm-hmm. just don't ever walk away from him, mm-hmm. please. The good news is his spirit is constantly... But as long as you want to be there... Yeah. Nothing else can remove you from his presence. No, nothing. And even our sin, you know, like we get into little funks of sin. It's not the same as walking. I mean, you see how gracious God is for 50 years. So like, I mean, you look at Jacob. And that's why I'm not judging people. You know, you might have a kid or somebody going through a hard spell. I'm not judging like they're gone. We still trust in their baptism. We trust in God to be gracious, to send the prophets, Mm -hmm. to bring them back into the camp. Because that's where they're safe. Mm -hmm. Now, God can choose to do whatever he wants, but the general way and the normal way we know... He's offering mercy. And if you want that mercy, then you're good. Be around him. But if you're always leaving the camp and you don't want it, um, you don't have the assurance of faith. Now, God can do whatever he wants, but I certainly wouldn't be like, oh, you're good. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, dude, remember your baptism. Like, Get back into Christ. He's the elect. Right. So now we get into chapter 9, and he starts to... Really revealing his heartbreak for his Jewish brothers. I know. And he's going, I'm really broken up. Because remember, again, 
one of the big things he's dealing with right now is the conflict between Gentile Christians and Jewish Christians, and this, mm. and this back and forth of, well, we're Jews, we're the original chosen, we're in because we're from Abraham, and then the Gentiles going, uh, you guys are a mess, and there's no, like, step aside, we're the new kids. Right. It is interesting. So, like, Paul just, he leads up by explaining how we're saved mm-hmm. and all these things. And then, like, the question of election is the last thing. I, I liked what, um, I was reading what Luther was saying. Martin Luther is so good, and I can't read the whole thing. But essentially, he's like, um, you know, follow the order of this epistle. Worry first about Christ and the gospel, that you may recognize your sin and his grace. Then fight your sin, as the first eight chapters here have taught. Then, when you have reached the eighth chapter and are under the cross and, and suffering, this will teach you correctly of predestination in chapters 9, 10, 11, and how comforting it is for in the absence of suffering and the cross and the perils of death, one cannot deal with predestination without harm and, or without secret anger against God. The old Adam must first die before he can tolerate this thing and drink the strong wine. And he says, therefore, beware that you do not drink wine while you are still a suckling. (laughs) There is a limit, a time, and an age for every doctrine. I just like how if you jump into predestination, which is what? Without dealing with the first eight chapters. You have to deal with the first eight chapters. Because then you either are despairing, I don't know if I'm elect, Mm -hmm. or... You're mad at God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have this anger about who's elect and who's not, and why am I living good? And, mm-hmm. and doesn't matter. And or that person's going to be saved, and that person's out. It makes no sense. And God, you're arbitrary. And so Luther's saying this is a great comforting passage to those who are already in and under the cross, in the shadow of the cross, and mm-hmm. its suffering. And then remember, he's getting everyone, his original readers, to a point of I don't care if you're Jew or you're Gentile, right. on your own. There's only death. Mm-hmm. You cannot save yourself. Well, and this so is... the saving grace has to be from outside, through God. Yes, and it has to be a gift that He's initiating. So the question then is, if these Gentile guys, you're saying they're predestined, justified, sanctified, glorified, mm-hmm. what about us, man? We're pure. Yeah. We're from Abraham, yes. and that's what He addresses in nine. And first, He starts off with His great sorrow. I can't believe. My Jewish brothers are missing it. He says, mm-hmm. I wish that I could like exchange places with them. Mm-hmm. They're missing the fulfillment and the beauty of God's promise, even through Hosea, yeah. that the one has come to call us out of every nation under this under Christ. And because they are resting they are resting very literally and very securely on their actual birth. Well, yes, absolutely. I mean, they're like, well, we're already elect and because I'm Jewish. I'm Jew. Yeah. And Paul, I'm from Abraham. And Paul's like, no, that's not it. And he starts off with, did you catch this today? It is not as though the word of God has failed. Yes. He's like, this is not a failure in God saying, oh, all of Abraham's descendants will be blessed. Yeah. And he has to break down the true descendants who are Israel belong to, he goes, not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a huge verse for the original audience. Like, what? Mm-hmm. And he says, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. So this is where he's going, look, we're talking about spiritual, eternal realities. Right. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. 
Right. So it's children of flesh versus children of the promise. Mm-hmm. And Paul's like, you all can be the children of promise. Right. I'm trying to break down this false security, sense of security in your offspring. Because, and then he, he goes and he on. he gives very real examples now of there were literal children from Abraham right. and from Isaac that were not part of the chosen people. And it's so brilliant. I know it's just the Spirit of God in this. Bless you. Thank you. You're doing a silent. Yeah. But I know the Spirit of God in this reading program is just working. It's the Word of God so good that we actually read Hosea, who references Jacob and Esau. Yes. And now we're in Romans, whose Paul is referencing Jacob and Esau. It's pretty great. But he says, I mean, you have the older will serve the younger. Jacob I love, but Esau I hate. He's saying, look, if we follow just the offspring, the physical offspring, it's a whole big mess. You, yeah. could, you could be going, am I of Jacob or am I of Esau? But he hated J- Esau. I didn't hate him. That The word just means yeah. I'm taking away the inheritance because Esau chose to despise his birthright. Right. And so you're of Jacob. And then he goes on because the question is then, oh, so is there injustice on God's part? So it's all random. Right. So God's just being unfair. And that's where he says, no way. No, no, no. You guys are forgetting the first couple chapters of this. And he uses Pharaoh. He says, like, I've hardened or unhardened. Like, he uses Pharaoh and Moses to say, you're all dead in your sins. I open up, like, every action that you receive from me is of mercy. Yeah. Right? Yeah, my whole interaction is merciful. Because otherwise, you guys remember, you are condemning. We condemn ourselves before God. Right. And so the fact that God's even interacting with us is an act of mercy. And remember the point of the Jews. The point of the Jews was to get to Christ. To be a kingdom of priests, and to minister God to the earth, it's to restore all it. narrowing down yeah. till we get to Christ. And then once we get to Christ, it opens back up to mm-hmm. the entire world. And so it's like, stop looking at your lineage as a point of salvation look to Christ who was God's chosen son. That was his elect. Now get under him. Yeah, and I think he ends with uh, at least today's passage. But then you'll say, why does he still find fault with us? Who can resist his will? And that's Mm -hmm. where Paul's like, you're asking the wrong questions. You are acting as though you get to judge God for who he's choosing and who he's not. You're missing the point. You're a spoiled child. You think you have the inheritance and God's playing some game, you're missing it. Right. You don't have the inheritance just because you're my child. Just because you were born of Abraham. Right. And you're, So you're asking these questions. Just like Ishmael didn't have the right. inheritance. And you have forsaken your inheritance anyway. Don't mm-hmm. you realize you already forsook it? Christ is the only one. And so mm-hmm. um, that's why Paul says here, who are you to talk to? Like you, You're like a piece of clay talking to the potter. What right. are you making with me? And Paul's like, look, God can do it. At, you're not God. Stop thinking you're God and you have him under your control. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of it, I, I just think the comfort for us from all this is, I think if we st- stop thinking about it from our own perspective and if we are saved or not, like, or try to figure out the mind of God, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. well, so am I elect or not elect? I think the best route right now for us is to go, Jesus Christ was elect. He mm-hmm. was chosen before the foundation of the world to save us. All, and then he was chosen to open it up for everyone, Jew and Gentile, to come under his cross, to be baptized into Christ. 
When you believe, you are baptized into Christ. And now you are part of the elect. And he, he has vowed to be with you and to love you forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so then if you want to ask the question of, well, did you know me before? It's like, well, God knows. You can start going down these things, but it's beyond what he reveals to us. So it's not of much profit, you know? So yes. what if you find out like, yeah, God actually knew Adam and Matt and God actually chose... Or it was, no, I knew Christ, and I've invited you through Christ, and you received it. It doesn't matter. What matters is, you're, are you, do you love Jesus now? Man, if you do, you are in a, an amazing family where everything is taken care of, and even your suffering will make sense. Mm-hmm. That even uh, all th- You have the promise that all things are working f- for good for you, and it's backed by the assurance of God's love. You're more than a conqueror, and... It has nothing to do with who you've been born to or what status you are. It's purely by the grace of God in Jesus Christ our Lord, empowered by the Holy Spirit, not to mention the Trinity just being used all over in this passage too. You know what I mean? Like yeah, strong Trinitarian ties here. Yes, agreed. But at the end of it, just know, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. Psalm? What what psalm are we reading today? Today we are reading Psalm 89, verses 1 through 13. I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said, steadfast love will be built up forever. In the heavens you will establish your faithfulness. You have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to my David, my servant. I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne for all generations. Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? Who among the heavenly beings is like the Lord? a God greatly to be feared in the counsel of the holy ones, and awesome above all who are around him. O Lord of hosts, who is mighty as you are, O Lord, with your faithfulness all around you. You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. You, you crushed Rahab like a carcass. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours. The earth is also yours. The world and all that is in it, you have founded them. The north and the south you have created them. Tabor and Hermon, joyously praise your name. You have a mighty arm, strong as your hand, high your right hand. Boom, you've just been fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We will talk to you next time.